the disaster artist. Hand. The building had collapsed, and as she was not where she was supposed to be at that moment, the debris was all around her, above her, dust in her lungs. Fucking Janice and her kids' rescheduled piano recital, she thought. She was supposed to be here today, not me. She was the less experienced of the two, and so, perhaps, it was not a shocker that she got herself trapped. That's how they will see it, anyway. Marissa reached up with the limb that was responding. Her other arm, her dominant one, was pinned to her side. The nylon and leather-covered hand hovering above her gripped her wrist. It gave a yank, but all that happened was a shock of pain. If that pain had a voice, it would bark, Marissa thought. She had a habit of imagining how intangibles like emotions, pain, and moments of epiphany would sound. Shit. Okay, miss. Hang tight. The glove hand retreated, and Marissa dropped her own bruised hand. It landed hard onto the pile of sheetrock in front of her, sending another cloud of dust into her face. She blinked, her breath catching. Marissa had been watching reruns of Grey's Anatomy lately, and the medical term thready sprang to mind. She unconsciously brought her working hand to her heart, which could only get as close as her collarbone. It's as if she were buried standing up. If anxiety had a sound, she thought, it would be a woman's voice, high and shrill and constant, no pauses for response. She heard a meow. She looked up and saw a cat looking down at her, head bobbing as if it were scoping a landing spot, as if it actually wanted to jump down to her. It was a gray cat, skinny like all the cats in this neighborhood, with a white chest. It reminded her of her childhood, childhood cat, Chuckles, who would walk into other people's apartments while they were bringing in their groceries, or hop through any open window in the building. Most people didn't seem to mind, even when he batted them with his paw, claws extended, leaving his brand on their skin. If he ever scratched you, it was only the one time. Marissa's dad said it was to show that he was the boss and that he owned you after that. He had scratched everyone in the family except her. Not like she spent much time with the cat, but still, why not her? Disaster seemed to follow her. Fender benders, stalled elevators, broken railings, bruises up and down her arms from people and things knocking into her. Even a tornado when she was on a bus to New York City after dropping out of college two years ago. The bus driver pulled into a motel and the passengers crammed into the lobby, Marissa gleaning from the conversation around her that it was anyone's guess what the tornado's path would be. Their big metal bus was found on its side at the county line. Maybe Chuckles the cat could sense her aura of ever-decreasing odds and knew it was better to stay away. She was getting hungry. Or was that shock? Her feet were numb and she began shivering. The skinny cat, much to her horror and relief, jumped down onto the pile of rubble in front of her. Its gray head began to push against her hand, purring, nudging. Nobody lived in the building, so she figured it must be an alley cat. Marissa was glad that the plan involved demolishing an abandoned building, and not one that was probably empty, like the last job. Her crew was getting notoriety in the news, though they hadn't been given a moniker yet. This was job three, so any minute now, some junior reporter was going to make her mark by coming up with something like, bombing bimbos, except no one knew that they were all women because they hadn't been caught. First job was the wall of a grocery store. Nighttime, they walked right in. The second was the office building behind a dispensary, broad daylight on a Saturday. 
In all the evacuation chaos, three of them entered the store wearing orange suits and helmets like they were aiming to help, and instead cleaned the place out of cash and as much product as they could scoop into bags in six minutes. This last job was more of a smoke and mirrors affair. Blow up the abandoned building next to the old folks' home so every emergency service and cop in town will be there. The crew split up. Half did the demo, and the other half hit three check-cashing stores on the other side of the city. Every time they gave themselves six minutes to do the actual stealing. Marissa heard a clatter from above and some voices. She and the cat looked up at a helmeted head peering over the edge of the debris above her. Christ on a crutch, Marissa heard. Now there's a fucking cat. That head disappeared and a few seconds later reappeared. She couldn't make out the face due to the bright light of the sky above. Okay, miss, we've worked out how to move the debris around you. Please, be patient. She was struck by the request. She imagined all the panicked people they must deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, how much verbal abuse first responders get because people are freaking out. Well, she was freaking out too, but resolved right then to do what he said and not lose her shit. She did what she used to do as a kid when she was anxious, and with her free hand began to pluck at her eyebrows, tearing out the short brown hairs. She sprinkled them on the flat section of sheetrock that was resting against the base of her throat, counting them after each release. She knew questions were coming. It was nothing she and the girls had planned for, because A, it was supposed to be Janice, who is their demo expert doing the job, and B, Marissa should not have slip, flipped the switch on the detonator so early, though technically she didn't. Having just exited the building, she opened the lid on the detonator to make sure the wires were good before she started retreating through the back lot to scale the crumbling brick wall and blow the building up safely from the alley. Focused on her task, she didn't see the small set of steps leading to the lot, and she tripped, dropping the exposed switch. The sound was different close up, a vibration rattling her organs in a way that made her primal fear, the one we all carry in case of times like this, fill her with fight or flight. It happened too quickly. She could do neither. As the debris shifted around her, the cat jumped up and out of the hole, prompting the comment, don't have to worry about that little fucker now. In the next hour, the sun's beam began creeping against the table of eyelashes, warming her chin, then blinding her. Keeping her eyes shut for an uncomfortable amount of time, she tried not to be sickened by the orange blobs flashing and rolling on the back of her closed lids. If those blobs had a sound, she thought, it would be the blip from that first video game. What was it? Pong. She opened her eyes and blinked the visual reality of her situation back into focus. Rubble loosened around her, and the sheetrock pressing into her throat got pulled away. Hand! She reached up, ready for her wrist to be grabbed. Her body slid upwards, limply hugging the edges of the rubble. The man who pulled her up immediately carried her to one of the many waiting ambulances. There were a lot of cop cars, too. She figured she had some time to think of answers to the questions. Did you see anybody else? Any packages or boxes that looked mechanical or digital? It was the hardest lie to come up with. That came first, however. She had been placed on a stretcher and a paramedic was checking her vitals. After answering his more immediately relevant questions, was asked by a uniformed officer, What were you doing in there? Marissa spied the gray and white cat sitting on the debris near where she had been pulled out. My cat, over there. Oh, your cat got out? Yeah, that's right. I live nearby. Okay, what's your address? Before she could answer, the paramedic finishing, 
finished taking her blood pressure, rolled her to the ambulance where she was picked up and dragged into the back. She wondered if she got the sex of the cat right. Would that cop be so diligent as to remember which pronoun she used to actually catch the cat and check if it were male or female? Marissa knew that she would be long gone by the time that cop, or any other cop, asked her more questions, especially about why she was found so close to the detonator. She also thought she'd come back disguised and look for the cat. That cat wasn't scared of her. Could her curse be lifted? Maybe it meant it was time to make up with her family. Maybe she'd go back to college, get a real job. Maybe get through a date without spilling a drink on herself. A hand dropped onto her shoulder, and she looked up at the paramedic hunched over her in the back of the ambulance. She had very kind eyes. You must be disaster-proof. When Marissa realized the import of her words, she smiled. Fucking A, she thought. To think I had it wrong all this time. <laughs>